This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, January 19th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. December home sales reflect a very disappointing year. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, while other cities enjoy the fun, excitement, and economic impact of playoff football, we in Chicago are once again left standing on the sidelines during the postseason. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Vertair Group based in Chicago. Tim, thank you for joining us today. And yes, uh, other cities are enjoying a playoff football around this time. Uh, Chicago once again on the outside looking in, but uh, there really is a, a, a quantifiable economic impact on a city, even if they are one and done in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, no, there's no question that uh, the professional sports has always been uh, a desire of uh, cities uh, in history to uh, sort of achieve some quote unquote major league status. And in particular, the economic benefits that uh, generally uh, come along for the ride. We can discuss or debate uh, those particular issues when it comes to uh, shaking down, shall we say, the government's uh, contributions for new stadiums and the like. Um, but there's no question that uh, facilities uh, generate uh, the opportunity for better uh, entertainment uh, experiences and dollars. And obviously sports is a big uh, component of all of that stuff. And, yeah, I guess, it, you know, it, we get into the sort of bedrooms of the winter here in Chicago. And you have a number of teams, at least in the winter cycle, that are more than the best. Uh, and that, frankly, just uh, feels like a continuation of a cycle. Uh, of a lot of franchises in Chicago sports. I think we're just cyclically down on all fronts. Um, and you wonder what uh, the the economic benefit would be, say, like at Detroit, uh, enjoying for the first time in almost 30 years uh, a playoff game at home. Um, there's no question that the tickets are going for a ridiculous amount of money, and there's a lot of economic boost uh, and interest and buzz, and there's a lot of ancillary uh, the benefits to that, both psychically as well as uh, financially, uh, at least for a week or so, we're now two weeks, uh, in the city of Detroit, which has been bereft of, of quite a bit of sports uh, uh, excitement over the last uh, number of years. And government Chicago could actually kind of reboot and reconnect to some of that itself. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the, it seems like the, 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 the sports cycle in Chicago are kind of back where we were in the late 70s, where all of the professional teams were kind of down in the dumps. But the good news is, if this is really 1979 or 1980, uh, as far as the Chicago sports cycle is concerned, maybe there's a renaissance uh, on the horizon. But as you mentioned, there are some things about a playoff about playoff appearances in any sport 
sort that are quantifiable uh, when you talk about uh, the impact on bars and restaurants around the stadium, when you talk about the impact on TV ratings, radio ratings, uh, increased listenership, increased interest, uh, all that stuff you can actually put on a ledger. But there is the spring in your step factor. And what does that mean to businesses when their employees are in a great mood and because they're just anticipating their team making it to the championship round and possibly winning it all? Well, it certainly adds to morale, uh, and it certainly uh, adds to a little bit of spice, perhaps in the in the work day, where there could be an impromptu party or celebration, uh, maybe some uh, trademark infringing uh, cakes and the like. Um, but it, it does it, it gets people's minds off of sort of the day to day drudgery and stuff, and it gives people a little something aspirational uh, to kind of collectively uh, bond around and. Look, I think um, uh, facilities are a part of this as well, right? Uh, you could lament the fact that the uh, that there was no dome uh, or retractable roof uh, installed in the uh, renovation of Soldier Field 20-some-odd years ago. But you look at Detroit, right, with Ford Field, um, uh, it is a naturally uh, a, a, a gravitational place for all kinds of other events. Uh, it certainly will ensure a, a great uh, environment for the fans who go and spend all that money for that game. And look, too, it could also an environment like that can also draw other events like uh, like NCAA Final Fours and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, you look at the Democratic National Convention coming up, uh, you look at the NASCAR race. Uh, there are absolutely ways to sort of juice that kind of experience. It's just it's just that we need that in Chicago sports franchise uh, to make it feel like home. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Vertair Group in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Opening day for tax season is January 29th. And for some people, it's best to hit the ground running. Let's get some direction from Dan Rahill, wealth strategist with Wintrust Wealth Management based in Chicago. Dan, thank you for joining us today. And you should probably tackle your taxes sooner rather than later. And for reasons above and beyond, you don't want to be that person interviewed by TV news at 11 o'clock on April 15th or whatever the filing date is this year. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. <laughs> um, and in fact, uh, even though filing season starts January 29th and the IRS starts accepting returns on that day, uh, the IRS has a free filing program that you can access at uh, irs.gov, and you can do that right now. They started uh, on January 12th, and then they'll hold those returns in uh, in queue, and then they'll be automatically uh, uh, sent to the IRS on January 29th for processing. So start now because the uh, IRS expects 129 million returns to be filed by April 15th. And, and and on top of that, uh, the federal government has uh, kicked the can down the road once again when it comes to uh, uh, reaching an agreement on a budget deal that will fund the government for an entire fiscal year. Uh, another temporary uh, uh, continuing resolution uh, now pushing the funding deadline to March 8th, which means if there is a government shutdown and you haven't filed your taxes, you could be waiting a good long while for that refund. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because right now, the IRS issues most refunds in less than 21 days. Uh, it's a little bit longer. It's a week longer if you file for a uh, child care tax credit or an earned income tax credit. It takes about four weeks to get your your, your refund. But you don't want to wait. Uh, and just in case that happens, that would not be a good thing. 
And in some ways, it reminds me of like the, the delay uh, caused by a government shutdown, whether it's a couple of days or a couple of weeks. I mean, it, you, it, the, 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 your, those tax returns keep piling up, and it just means uh, more work for the government employees when they do go back to work. But this reminds me of the 2020 uh, tax filing season, uh, which uh, you started to see the, the COVID government, uh, the, the COVID shutdowns, the uh, COVID work from home, especially among federal employees. Uh, in March of 2020, uh, right in the middle of tax filing season. And that year, I believe they had to extend the deadline by a couple of months. Well, they did. And I believe there are still tractor-trailer trucks filled with paper tax returns from the 20 and 21 year. So, uh, and those penalties recently were announced. They will be abated, as they should be. But uh, that was a disaster with over $10 million, uh, million pieces of paper returns not filed and not processed, and many of them not yet. And that's another reason why we should all electronically file our tax returns and also get, uh, you know, direct deposit, too, of our refunds. Make sure you do that, and uh, if at all possible, there are free services out there that will uh, prepare and file your tax returns. And even if you don't have a bank account, you can – there are prepaid debit cards and mobile apps. You just need to make sure – that they have routing and account numbers on them, and you will then get a direct deposit onto that prepaid debit card or uh, via the mobile app. So, uh, so try and do everything electronically if you can. Dan Rahill, wealth strategist with Wintrust Wealth Management in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today, talking about why you should uh, file your taxes sooner rather than later when the filing period opens on January 29th. Still ahead in Entrepreneur Friday, merging the influences of China and Louisiana in a new Chicago restaurant. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Numbers on December home sales and consumer sentiment are out today, along with the news that a partial government shutdown has been avoided. We welcome in Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy with the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Paul, thank you for joining us today. And the news about uh, home sales, uh, especially in the month of December, should not be much of a surprise to anybody, just given if you followed it that sector at all uh, over the course of the year. Mortgage rates are high, uh, inventory is low, and uh, that does not add up to create a hot housing market. No, it does not. Uh, you're seeing better activity on the new home sales front, but that's really only about 10% of the total market. And then uh, as for the homes uh, that are selling, are they still getting uh, a, a, a pretty decent uh, price for them just because <laughs> just because they're so rare? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reluctant to speak for every home seller. But yes, on average, we're seeing lots of bids above asking price, some waiving inspections, uh, just uh, just a really tight market for supply. And then the uh, University of Michigan uh, Consumer Sentiment Survey is out with a number that exceeded analysts' expectations, uh, the best showing since July of 2021. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion in economists and public policy circles, Paul, about the idea of there being a vibe session that, uh, that, that consumer sentiment has yet to catch up with the uh, reality of economic activity. Uh, is this a case of the consumer now realizing Realizing that uh, that that uh, things are actually looking up, or is this merely a function of gas prices, and it's going to go down as soon as the price goes back up? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, our take is the latter that that consumers might be reacting to having been able to buy what they wanted for Christmas 
albeit um, probably on a buy now, pay later plan, which will come back to bite them sometime early this year. And yes, lower gas prices. Uh, There's other consumer measures of confidence and sentiment that are still near their bottom. And then when it comes to uh, the government uh, or or Congress and the White House coming together on yet another continuing resolution to fund the government for a few more weeks, is that going to be the trend in 2024 that you have an election year, you have such a narrow margin in the House of Representatives that uh, lawmakers are just going to continue to kick that can down the road and they'll finally reach a full year budget deal uh, after the election? in the next Congress sometime in 2025? (laughs) Well, they may like to, Rob, uh, but they're running up against a brick wall pretty soon. These continuing resolutions are running out of time because the debt ceiling law that was passed to expand the debt ceiling in early of June of 2023 uh, prescribed that if Congress doesn't have a budget uh, on the books and approved by law by April 30th, then there's automatic 1% cuts across the board for discretionary spending. Uh, that would hit this this uh, defense a little bit harder even. Uh, so these continuing resolutions are getting shorter and shorter because they're getting closer and closer to that wall. Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy with the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, blending the rich influences of China and Louisiana in a fresh new Chicago restaurant. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. There's disagreement over discipline for a Chicago police officer who shot and killed a man during a domestic incident two and a half years ago. Candidates work New Hampshire ahead of Tuesday's presidential primary. It's Entrepreneur Friday. We meet the chef and partner of a Chicago restaurant that features its own rooftop farm. And Apple's Vision Pro headset is now available for order at 
at just under $3,500. Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 318 points. The NASDAQ is up 176. The S&P 500 is up 45. We have 11 degrees right now in Chicago, going up to 14 with some lake effect snow in northwest Indiana. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. The Civilian Office of Police Accountability is recommending that a Chicago police officer who shot and killed the domestic violence victim in 2021 be fired. 61-year-old Michael Craig called 911, saying his wife was threatening him with a knife. Officer Alberto Covarrubias entered the couple's apartment and shot Craig twice, killing him. Michael Oppenheimer is the lawyer for the Craig family, and he tells CBS2. He executed a victim of domestic violence when, as Patrick said, all of the phone calls, all of the evidence indicated that Michael Craig was the victim as he was being stabbed by his wife. I hope and pray that the police board will do the right thing. Police Superintendent Larry Snelling is proposing that Covarrubias keep his job but be suspended for 90 days. Republican and independent voters in New Hampshire will cast their primary election votes on Tuesday. Former President Trump is in polling ahead in the state, but former South Carolina Governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley is following closely behind. More from CBS News campaign reporter Olivia Rinaldi. Donald Trump is also going for history here in New Hampshire, like he was in Iowa. No Republican candidate that was not an incumbent has ever won both Iowa and New Hampshire. So that's what Trump is really trying to accomplish here. History might not be on his side, but it will be record-breaking if he's able to win both of the early nominating contests in this cycle. The electorate in New Hampshire is generally considered more moderate than in Iowa. After that, it's off to South Carolina. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in positive territory. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Gary Kulpbaum, president of Culpom Capital Management in Orlando. Gary, thank you for uh, joining us today. And it seems like the markets uh, have erased all of their losses uh, in 2024 so far. Uh, what is driving this turnaround? Uh, you know what? Sometimes you get one theme that's so exciting to the market that it lights up a lot of other things. Uh, coming into yesterday, the broad market was waning, really not doing much. And then Taiwan Semiconductor, whose sales have been down 10 to 20% every quarter, announces that this coming year it's going to be up 25%. So it lights up all the AI, all the chips, the semiconductors, uh, and then boom. And then JP, uh, JB Hunt announces terrible earnings, and the stock goes up $7. The market recognizes that and starts buying up everything else, and you're on the way. But the big story and that's where all our money pretty much is parked, is this artificial intelligence and chips. And sometimes a theme goes for a while, sits for a bit, and then heats up again. It is heating up in ways I haven't seen in a very long time, whether it's NVIDIA, Microsoft, AMD. Uh, now all of a sudden you're hearing Apple talking AI, and that, uh, that was dead and is rallying up, and, and Facebook, which is now meta, rallying up, and here we go. 
That was the big through line in 2023 that allowed the markets to kind of power through a lot of the headwinds, especially when it comes to interest rates, is this idea that AI is going to bring about this productivity revolution that will eventually power through inflation as well, take some of the inflationary pressure out of the economy. And just like the interest rate bets, what if they're wrong? What if the revolution does doesn't arrive, uh, the AI revolution doesn't arrive on the timetable that investors have set? Well, there'll be heck to pay. Uh, and I hearken back to 99 when they said all the internet company is going to be the greatest thing ever. And I think eight out of 10 went out of business. And of course, the Amazon ended up being the, the gargantuan one, one coming out of there. And you don't even really hear about eBay anymore. So all in due time, all I can tell you right now is that the sales numbers that are coming out, starting with NVIDIA, uh, you heard it from something called Super Microsystems, SMCI, which, by the way, is up 25% today on their gargantuan guidance. Then Taiwan Semi, it tells us that at least in this area, and for me, the semis have been the always the number one group in the market for the last 20 years, um, they're on their way. And when you have 100% growth and 150 and 200% growth and the market's not expecting it, well, they're going to pay a, um, a, a premium on the stock, and that's what's go- what we're seeing right now. And then very quickly, the uh, University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey number is out this morning. Uh, well above analyst expectations, the best number in nearly three years since July of 2021. What portrait does this paint of the American consumer, or should we just basically rename this the uh, University of Michigan uh, Gas Price Sentiment Index? I think you should call it the University of Michigan Credit Card Sentiment uh, the amount of credit cards and uh, buy now, pay later has skyrocketed. So let's keep fingers crossed. That doesn't turn into something bad. I'm just a big believer. Eventually, there's going to be heck to be paid, especially if we lose the job market. And that has been my mantra. If we lose the job market with all this consumer debt and credit card numbers, which are just gargantuan, then we're going to have some problems. But right now, we seem to be in a decent spot. That said, early in the week, we had a manufacturing number. You would think we were in a depression, and all of a sudden you get consumer sentiment is good. So you, you're getting vertigo uh, from different economic numbers. But I think we're in good stead here, and I will promise you that if we get in trouble, the market's going to tell us. You'll see things breaking down left and right, the rails, the truckers, the semis again. And right now, that's just not happening. Gary Kulpbaum, President, Kulpbaum Capital Management in Orlando. Find him online at GaryK.com. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, using a unique mix of influences to make a run in Chicago's highly competitive restaurant industry. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and the restaurant business is notorious for long hours and difficulty to succeed. Let's get a firsthand account of what it's like from early Wu Bauer, chef partner of Maxwell's Trading, 1516 West Carroll in Chicago in the Kinsey Street Corridor. Uh, Erling, thank you for joining us today. And this is, uh, this is I, I called this the melting pot when I read the uh, description of this, of this restaurant. Uh, this is blending the flavors of China and Louisiana. 
in the city of Chicago. I mean, so what what brought all of these cultures together and all of these flavors and all of these recipes? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's a real honor to be on the show um, on your Friday entrepreneurial segment. So thank you. Um, you know what we call it is uh, we call it kind of city food by by children of the city. You know, both uh, the executive chef and myself, I'm the chef partner. Um, our second generation, both of our parents uh, immigrated, um, my mother from China and uh, and Chris Jung, the chef's parents from Korea. And we just grew up in these big cities of America. And, you know, when you grow up in these big cities, you know, I, I always say, like, you're born with a pair of chopsticks in your hand and you like, you know how to eat naan at the age of one and a half. You know, you, you're you're familiar with a taco. You just you're, you're familiar with all these ethnic cuisines that kind of make up this cuisine that you eat. And when you're kind of baptized by this cuisine, it's what you want to cook. And in, in a place like Chicago, you're frequently asked to be categorized Chinese, Italian, French. And I just said, you know, like I, 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 what's what's in my heart and what's in my soul is very different than that. And I, I feel we have the license at Maxwell's Trading to to cook the, the flavors of the city. So it's kind of city food. The Louisiana thing is very interesting. I'm half Chinese and half Cajun. My father actually uh, not Catholic. I, he, my father wasn't born Catholic, so Cajun's a little bit of a stretch. My, my father's from Louisiana, so there's a little bit of Louisiana thrown in. It's very melting pot, but when you come in here, there's a narrative and there's a story through the entire meal experience, and I encourage everybody to come in and check it out. We're very happy with how it turned out. And this is a very uh, personal project for you, I mean, not just uh, as a tribute uh, to your upbringing and where you're from, but uh, this restaurant also uh, bears the name of your son. Yeah, my oldest son, Maxwell, um, he's an eight-year-old. It's, uh, you know, I've always jokingly said my partner and I, Josh Tilden, are not the best restaurant namers in the world. The process is long and arduous when we have to name a restaurant. So we went through our first round. Maxwell's was kind of the winner, but I, I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to right away go to my son's name. Um, we kind of went through a few more rounds, and it was just clear that, that, that Maxwell uh, was the best name. We named it Maxwell's, and trading kind of refers to, you know, the neighborhood, we're in a new neighborhood for restaurants, the Kinsey Industrial Corridor, just a little bit west of Fulton Market. Um, and kind of like the old trade post of an old kind of warehouse district, also the trade of goods between us and our customers and us and the other um, the other uh, tenants that are in the building. The, the building is just kind of beehive of food activity. So that's what Maxwell's Trading refers to. And speaking of beehive, uh, very quickly, let's talk about uh, the urban farm concept. Uh, there, uh, This is not just a restaurant. Uh, there's also going to be some uh, cultivation on the roof of ingredients, and eventually you will have uh, a, a literal beehives. I mean, your restaurant will be a beehive of activity. Absolutely. So, I mean, I wouldn't call it a little farm on top. The whole roof of the farm, it's a 8,000 square foot farm with three greenhouses so that we can actually grow four seasons in Chicago. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of the, the founding ethos of the restaurant that, you know, ingredients come from the roof, honey comes from the roof, herbs come from the roof, carrots come from the roof, and they're cooked downstairs to keep this like very small circle of sustainability going. Um, we call it city terroir, right? Roots actually dropping into the city. We're taking we're taking the idea of local and making it really tiny and 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 observable. So yeah. 
Erling Wu Bauer, chef partner of Maxwell's Trading, 1516 West Carroll in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still to come, Apple's game-changing headset is just a couple of weeks from release. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Apple Vision Pro headset is now available to order ahead of its February 2nd release. The price, $3,500. Let's discuss this highly anticipated release with Matt Wren, founder and chief technology officer of VRAR in Chicago. Matt, thank you for joining us today. And this has been described as a game changer. What makes it so revolutionary? All right, well, I'll go with a little history here. And this is one of the important things to understand. There's been the, the joke among kind of the immersive technology professionals is that Apple has been six months away from announcing their entry, their headset for the last eight years. So the fact that it's actually, this is finally coming, this is actually coming out here. This is a big deal. Apple moves markets, plain and simple. The fact that they are jumping into this, finally releasing their product. And, you know, honestly, none of us thinks this is going to be like the end-all, be-all product. This is the iPhone 1 effectively version of their immersive technology entry. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be their launch. It's going to have, it's got a lot of power to it. It's changing the way a lot of things are done. But this has been a very anticipated event. And just because it's Apple jumping in, it's a big deal. It, 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 it will move this market. Now, what are some of the applications for it? I'm guessing it can be used for gaming. It can be used to watch uh, programming on Apple TV+. And it could also be used to uh, augment reality uh, via various apps. Right. And that's, you know, that's the big thing that they're doing that is a little bit different from everybody else is the amount of power they are putting into this headset. They have an M2 chip, which is the same chip that is in a MacBook Pro. So instead of something like a Meta headset, which has, you know, a lot of power similar to like a a very powerful cell phone, this thing has a lot of power similar to a full scale laptop. Um, So it's got full computing capabilities on board in addition to things like gaming and entertainment. Uh, there's a lot of productivity you'll be able to do here. It, it's a very powerful device. That's one of the big differences. And so you'll be able to do, in theory, that one of the first things they talked about at the launch was, you know, almost all iPhone apps and a lot of the Mac apps will run on this device. It seems like, and maybe this is just my own experience, uh, getting my first Facebook account around the same time I got my first uh, iPhone in uh, February of 2008, but it was that social media really supercharged the iPhone, that uh, you needed that smartphone because you wanted to scroll Facebook or eventually Twitter or other social media apps. That's what made the smartphone so attractive. Is, is there some sort of application uh, that will be the uh, the, the thing that supercharges uh, VR headsets? Um, I mean, VR headsets, the big thing about VR headsets is they're not one thing. There are a lot of things. So to your point, you know, and I actually saw a great article about this just recently where there was a guy who was saying he uses his VR headset for his exercise regime, but his kid uses it as a gaming tool. And that was kind of the, the point of the article. And my comment to that was, yeah, and then your niece uses it as a school tool, and your uncle uses it for professional training, and your cousin uses it for medical work. There's all sorts of different uses for it. I don't think there is one killer app. I think effectively virtual reality and augmented reality and pass-through augmented reality, which is what this app, uh, the Apple Vision Pro does, this is going to be the interface that we become familiar with. It's just how we're going to interact with things like the Internet and computing and programming in the years going forward. This is the interface. This is where our interactivity with digital information is going. 
Matt Wren, founder, chief technology officer, VRAR in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.